What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. Episode number 36 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Yes, I'm taking the lead again. Uh, unfortunately, Sean could uh, not make it in today, or well, this week, rather. He is very busy. He's a very hard, hardworking man. Um, so rather than go solo, I actually have a special guest here with me. No, it's not Joe, but it is my good friend, Nick Fozzi Rosano. Foz, how you doing? Very good. How you doing, CJ? Thank you for having me on the show. Of course, of course. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. We've been, uh, I was texting you uh, the other day by asking if you wanted to come on here. Uh, when I had Joe on, he was kind of like uh, the wrestling fan that I described as um, he's right in the middle between like a hardcore and a casual fan. He doesn't necessarily only pay attention to like main roster WB stuff. He kind of dwells in with AEW and NXT here and there. Um, but he doesn't just only watch like the big pay-per-views. Like, he'll he'll watch as much as he can and keep tabs on it. You more on the lines of, and it's not to insult you, like you're, you're not a wrestling fan because you're obviously here. You're gonna we're gonna talk about wrestling for the next hour or so. Um, but you kind of, I would say, you're more on the casual side of things. Yeah, that's correct. I could admit that. Okay, and and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's there's no nothing wrong with any being any kind of certain wrestling fan, whether you're a hardcore fan like me or a casual fan or kind of in the middle. Um, it's all well and good because we're all here because we love wrestling. Now, I had you watch a bunch of AEW stuff. I did. I had you watch uh, Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho. Yes. I know you watched, uh, as we're recording this, uh, October 30th episode of AEW. I did. It just finished about half an hour ago. Um, did What else did you see? Did you see the Young Bucks versus Private Party match? Did I see that? No, I, I watched... Um, hold did on. I'll see the videos you just sent me. Uh, what about the other match was Omega and Hangman Page versus Pac and John Moxley? That was amazing. Okay. I saw that. That was brilliantly outstanding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, for you, you're seeing a lot of these guys for the first time. Yeah. You're, you're seeing a lot of guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. You're fam you're familiar with them, and you may have. I actually showed you Jericho versus Omega, Omega. Uh, yes. last year from Wrestle Kingdom, and because um, I know your guy is Chris Jericho. Absolutely. He's your favorite. Always. Um, and obvious, and arguably, we say 
Sean and I have said prob- probably the greatest of all time at this point. Absolutely. With a run that he's had, uh, you know, people will say Stone Cold or Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Ric Flair. Those are all great candidates, but with the run Jericho's had, it's, it's hard to say that he's not the greatest of all yeah, time. Yeah, you got to put him up there with them, I think. At this point in his career, I believe that he deserves to be up there when you mention the greatest of the greats. Absolutely. Um, so... We'll get into AEW real quick. We'll cover AEW. We'll cover a bit of, a bit of NXT. While Sean and I were recording uh, last week, you know, we didn't get to cover uh, Finn Balor's shocking heel turn. We didn't get to cover what happened last week in AEW. Uh, we'll cover that. We'll cover NXT. We'll cover, uh, I mean, unfortunately, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> that's not going well as we record. Crown not Jewel. At all. Crown Jewel is tomorrow night as uh, tomorrow afternoon, rather. It'll be afternoon and Halloween. Uh, I will be working, and I openly say how much I hate these Saudi Arabia shows. And I just yeah. don't want to watch them, but we will cover them and talk about them, unfortunately. But anyway, Foz, let's get right into it. So this was I would assume this is your first episode you've seen of AEW TV? Yeah. And what would you think overall as, I, as, a, as a fan? I loved it. I had a very – it gave me a really classic feel, like something I haven't seen from the main rosters of you know the WWE, SmackDown, and Raw – I got like this nostalgia feeling when I watched these like new wrestlers I've never seen before wrestle, mm-hmm. and the chemistry they have with you know great people like Rhodes and Jericho and Omega, people I have seen wrestle, it's outstanding. Who are some guys that you may have not seen before that you're fans of now? That Hangman, Hang- uh, Hangman Adam Page. Adam Page, what a guy! I love him. I love him. He's Arguably my favorite on on uh, AEW as, as of right now. As far as like so, new faces, he's yeah, your favorite. Absolutely. Okay. And the Young Bucks, what a tag team! The, I've been, dude, I've been saying the Young Bucks have been the best tag team for a you long, have long time for a now. long time. I've, I've been a big fan of those guys for a long time, and I'm glad that guys like them and Kenny Omega and Adam Page are finally getting they're finally getting a spotlight and a recognition where like main roster WWE fans may not be familiar with them. Exactly. Um, so it's great for, you know, fans like you to experience these new guys and girls, uh, to see who a lot of people are seeing them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say was your favorite match tonight? Cause we had, uh, we had the elite, we had Kenny Omega, and the young bucks versus Kip Sabian and Helico and Jack Evans. We also had, um, the first match between, uh, Hangman Adam Page and Sandy Guevara. That was a good match. It was good. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the rest of the card. And we had the main event, which was the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky of SCU, defeating Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix of the Lucha Brothers. Those guys were good. Now, do you remember Frankie Kazarian from like TNA and Ray A little Ron? bit. His him, name him, rang him, a bell. Him and Christopher Daniels? Yeah. Okay, so Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian formed, they were, they've been a tag team for a long time. And they formed the, the group... SoCal Uncensored, SCU, with the, uh, their third member, Scorpio Sky. Uh, in the build-up to this, it was uh, a tag team tournament. They had teased that these guys were going to be in the main event. Uh, the Lucha Brothers had taken out Christopher Daniels for their first match in the tag team title t- uh, tag team tournament. And it was... Uh, obviously, this is what they were building to. The Lucha Brothers were playing more of the heels in this mm-hmm. role. But... Um, and, and SCU being the babyfaces. Honestly, I thought the Lucha Brothers were going to win. And I jo- too. And Joe, when he was on this podcast a few weeks ago, he wasn't sure, but he picked SCU. So, he, Joe, okay. you're listening. I know you are, pal. You were right. But what did you think of 
this tag match. Now, because I know there are a lot a lot of main roster WWE tag mat, tag team matches, there's very there a majority of them are not exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. There are, there are some rare cases where in the past few years, like, if you watch anything back from the Usos and the New Day from a few years ago, any of those matches are absolutely fantastic. If you watch um, the Revival and uh, Hashtag DIY from the NXT umbrella, those matches are great too. But as far as the main roster product, we really the tag team division doesn't really get a lot of credit and get respect even. What would you, how would you feel watching this type of tag team match? Well, with this type of tag team match, along with the other one, the the Young Bucks and... Um, the six-man tag with the yeah, Omega and the Bucks? The, that just goes to show how it's improving and how much people are responding to it. I mean, these guys are doing things incredible, like that things that should be noticed in wrestling, that these things should be put on, you know, the, the bill, you know. Absolutely, it's it's a thing of just pretty much that the the Bucks and Cody and Kenny, events. Kenny Omega that they have is just that wrestling has kind of been in a rut for a very long time. I believe that, and they are firm believers that once what they did with all uh, all in rather uh, a year ago in Chicago, they sold out the the arena in less than less than half an hour. No matches were announced, and they sold it out. Because of the core following these guys had, this hardcore following, and what these guys thought they could do as far as bring a revolution in wrestling. And I truly believe that is. I don't think we're going to come back to the, the boom period of like the Attitude Era because I, nothing like that's ever going happen, to happen again. No. I truly don't believe a wrestling show is ever going to get like 10 million people watching like it did in Raw or, or Nitro 20 plus years ago. But I do think that you can get a lot of fans back involved in wrestling because of AEW. And I think fans like you are to prove that. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I was thinking tonight. I was watching AEW, and like I said in the beginning of the show, um, I got a nostalgia feeling. I mm-hmm. kind of felt like the Attitude Era, or what we got like 20 years ago with Raw and Nitro. And it's got an edge. It does. It's, it- got, it's got an edge. Like, seeing John Moxley's promo... Which was great. Earlier in the earlier in the night, we saw a recap of what happened last week. Which, by the way, that footage they showed in the beginning wasn't actually shown at the end of last week. Yeah, they had actually re-aired uh, that episode of Dynamite this past Friday, uh, going head to head with SmackDown. We'll get to SmackDown a little bit later. Now, th- now, don't let any don't get any hopes up just because AEW Dynamite beat SmackDown on the ratings last week. That's because it was the World Series, and that's because uh, SmackDown was on FS1. So yeah. that's a difference, but. They had Moxley go to Tony Khan's office. Excuse me. Now, Tony Khan, Foz, if you're unaware, he is the president of AEW. He is yes, he, I got the... he is the financial backer along with his family, his father, Shad Khan. Shad Khan's the owner. Tony is the, pre- the president. But Tony Khan is a huge, huge wrestling fan. You, you listen, to, like, listen to him on Steve Austin's podcast, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm talking to... You're just talking to like a regular fan, yeah. honestly. Um the, you hear the audio that uh, Tony's saying that this match between Omega and Moxley is going to be unsanctioned now because the wins and losses record really matter in AEW. And when a match is unsanctioned, it means that the match, whoever wins or loses, doesn't count. It doesn't count. When John Moxley came for his first match in AEW, his first official match 
as far as the kayfabe and the record books show, he faced Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, okay, in Boston, and the record showed zero zero zero, and I'm like, why is that the case? But I forgot. Oh yeah, he had a match with Joey Janela at Fighter Fest, and that was unsanctioned. So Moxley was pissed about this. He said like the he was cutting the promo. He came in and attacked Peter Avalon, the librarian, hit him with a paradigm shift, which is now what his finisher is called. No, yes. longer, no longer the Dirty Deeds. I noticed that. Um, <laughs> this was today. Yeah, I this, noticed, was, yeah. this was tonight, yes. And um, he said, the blood of Kenny Omega will be on AEW's hands. I have all these suits who have been telling me for years, you know, John, you kind of need to, you kinda need to take things a little easy. People have been telling me this my entire life. In the short time that John Moxley has been has left WWE, formerly Dean Ambrose, he just feels like a bigger deal now. Do you remember? Do you were you watching like the stuff when he came back and then he turned heel on, on Seth Rollins? And, I remember that, yeah. And then just how ridiculous they were portraying D- the Dean Ambrose character. And you could see it in his face that it was paining him to act like. Oh that. yeah, it, it was terrible. I don't know if you ever listened to this, but if you but if you if you ever if you didn't bleh, if you didn't listen to this, <laughs> if you get a chance, listen to Moxley on Jericho's podcast, okay. explaining why he left WWE. It's really powerful stuff, and it's very very similar to the CM Punk podcast explaining as to why he left the WWE. Very similar aspects. And I'm happy he did leave because I feel like they they were drowning him. Yeah, and I I think AEW is. A great step for this man's career. I think it's AEW is just letting wrestlers be wrestlers. You know, they're very creative people, and you know, WWE, for a lack of better terms, hold their wrestlers back. They, you know, you could have guys and girls who could cut great promos and work great in the ring, but when they get to the main roster product of the WWE. A lot of there's a lot of things you can't do. There's a lot of things you can't say, and it just makes me wonder why would you hire these people if you can't let them, you know, do what they want to do, do what they want to do, and what brought them to the dance? That's why NXT is their saving grace. Exactly, exactly. Um, real quickly though, with the AEW Tag Team Tournament, do you think the right team won? Do you think SCU was the right choice tonight? I think so. From what I saw, why not? Like let let the let the baby. I mean, if it was up to me, I would have had the heels win, mm-hmm. just because it's always good seeing a heel hold the title. That way, you had the good guy go facing him. That's true. It is always good to have like baby faces chase uh, chase the champion, chase yeah. the title, and that's always more of a fun story than a baby face who's champion for a long time. Exactly. Um, overall, with tonight, I love the tag team matches. They loved all great. loved all the in ring stuff. Oh yeah. Um. Talk, let's talk a little bit. I know we're kind of all over the place right now, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the Jericho Cody segment. Oh, I mean, with the contract signing. I love that. Did you ever think? Well, maybe n- not too many of us have ever thought, but you think back of Cody Rhodes and his career when he left in 2016. A lot of people, you could easily say that's probably the worst choice he could ever make. That's probably the worst choice he could ever make. You just left the WWE, and you're not even a big-name guy, like a big thing value. You're going to go nowhere. A lot of people would think that. Mm. Me, personally, no, I didn't think that. I, I didn't think that either. I didn't know what what, what was going to happen. I, I knew that the independent wrestling scene at the time, and still is, a very healthy place 
and which allows guys to work, which is where Cody Rhodes was making a majority of his money. He was making big money on the independent scene and with his merchandise sales. Now that he's here, an executive vice president of his of one of he's a part of a, a new wrestling company, and he's feuding with Chris Jericho for their top championship. Another thing to notice is that how great and just how natural the rise of Cody Rhodes has been. They could write a as, movie or a as, book on He could write a book about it. He could. Yeah, he could. How Cody Rhodes has been as far as the top babyface in AEW. He was, from a logical standpoint of him of his matches, of how he's booked, he's won all of his singles matches. He is massively over with the crowd. Oh, yeah, they love him. And it just makes sense. Well, this guy's undefeated. He's had uh, the be- He has the best overall record. Book him in the main event for the title. That's why I think Jericho might retain, though. That's my prediction. I do think Jericho will retain. When we come around for full gear, I think Jericho will retain. But, I do- but, it's- but it just makes sense. You have Cody who has momentum. Let's put him in the title. Yeah. Put him in the title picture. Now... Were you aware of Jericho's faction, the Inner Circle? Um, I saw a little bit of it tonight. Okay, and well, so, but you didn't—you weren't aware of his faction until tonight. Until you told me about it before, no. And my fa- my dad actually told me about it. My dad's like, "Look at the Inner Circle." Before we were watching AEW, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Check these guys out. They're Jericho's new faction. His new like little cronies, as, as you will." Yeah, Jericho's faction is one of my favorite things about the the AW roster and it's actually um I actually got that shirt a, a while back and um, I'm just waiting for it to come in. Yeah. It's it's a sick shirt, man. See, bro, I mean the thing about Jericho is that you put him anywhere and he's going to bring that Jericho like like attitude. He's going to always he's always going to bring name value because I was talking to a couple guys I work with and I was telling them about AEW and one of the guys is just like, okay, look, I, I I know nothing about wrestling, but I know who Chris Jericho is. And that's the appeal to AEW because of Chris Jericho. Of course. He says it in a heel character that when I signed on the dotted line, I made this company legit. He's speaking the truth. Now, we all thought that the company was going to thrive and do well, but once Jericho came in, that makes it a whole new thing. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different ballgame. You've got a guy like Chris Jericho in your company. But anyway... A faction, Jericho leading a faction, strangely enough, is something he's never done before. I've never seen him do that. No. Not even not even be in a faction. He's leading one. And it's good because you've got the leader in Jericho. You've got the young high flyer in Sammy Guevara. you got the tag team in Santana and Ortiz. And you have the muscle in Jake Hager. Which you just what? mentioned, what I've seen tonight. Outstanding performance from every single one of them. Like Sam... What was Sammy Guevara? Amazing! What a what a what a great wrestler! I think he is a great cocky young heel. Yeah, I like it. He's, so, his face. Just... I've I've never been. I'm not too crazy about guys who do high flying moves in the ring and their heels, but his presence, how he just he just smirks yeah. and just looks like a he just you just you kind of want to punch him. You want to punch him in the face. You kind of want to punch him in the face because. He knows he pulled off this great move, and he knows how good he is, so you kind of want to smack him around a little bit. And that's what I like. That's what I like about Sammy Guevara. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, 
To be honest, I don't know too much about them. I was familiar with some of their stuff they done in Impact as LAX, but I just know these guys are they're dirty, they're nasty, and they're just a straight up heel tag team, which you gotta um, love. And they'll be facing the Young Bucks at full gear. Um, eventually, you gotta think that they're gonna win those tag titles off of SCU. Oh, of course, it's gotta be LA uh, Santana and Ortiz. Um, if I just don't want it to get like too WCWE with some of these things that they're doing, I think if they just stick, because so far so good. Jericho's the champion. Santana and Ortiz are the tag team. Guevara's the Guevara's the the, the young upstart, the high flyer, and Hager is the muscle. I think we're fine, just yeah. as long as you don't over push somebody and keep them kind of in their role. Because this can, I mean, these guys broke the the Pro Wrestling Tees website. They crashed the website because everybody trying to order their shirt when they when they debuted. <laughs> oh man, that means you're doing something right. I mean, it does. It does mean you're doing something right. I mean, Jericho it just prints money, man. Yeah, he prints money, and he's such a. You you watch him in the ring with with these with these new guys. You know, you have the heel and babyface. You know, disputes. Mm-hmm. You see a mentor because he's been doing it such a long time. He Mold the, these new champions. He is to the what veteran. They are. He is the new vet. Well, not the new veteran, but he is the veteran. Yeah. And they, especially a guy like Guevara, can really learn from Chris Jericho. Yeah, he can. He can really learn from Chris Jericho. Sammy Guevara, I think he's only like 23 years old. He's only in his early 20s. The kid is fantastic. <sighs> my God. Um, I'm in my early 20s and I look like uh, I'm in my <laughs> late 50s. <laughs> And this guy's running around like the way he does. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, you said it. <laughs> anyway. No, so... So, yeah. I mean, so far, as far as the ratings war has been going on, AEW has been doing really well. Um, I mean, as far as the what we have coming up right now, what storyline would you say is your favorite at the moment that's leading up to it? Definitely Moxley. Moxley and Omega. And Omega. Absolutely. What would you say? Uh, what what intrigues you into that? I just like that it's what it's what Dean Am- it's what Don- John Moxley wants. Mm-hmm. It's this gritty, it's this it's like I feel like a junkyard dog versus like, you know, Kenny Omega, this this big superstar looking man. You know what I mean? Like it's this I get what you mean. It's a thing of like Kenny Omega for years has been labeled as the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. He's been arguably the best wrestler in the world. And you got this brawler wanting to challenge him like this. And he's a guy who people could say like, oh, he's a WWE guy and he wouldn't be able to handle being in the ring with someone like Kenny Omega. But that's not true because now they are kind of polar opposites in their ring ring style. Omega having like these amazing performances with the guys with the likes of Kazuchika Okada, Chris Jericho, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroshi Tanahashi in Japan, uh, Kota Ibushi as well, and these amazing performances. But and then you have a guy like John Moxley who's more of a hardcore based type of wrestler, a scrapper, sp- brawler, brawler, gritty. You know, not afraid to get his his hands dirty. Should be that kind of wrestler, and. That was the match at All Out I was looking forward to the most. Yeah. But Moxley had a he had a staff infection, which prevented him from working at All Out, which eventually had Pac coming back to, uh, coming back to AEW. That was great to see him again. I didn't know who Pac was. You remember he was Neville. And he was Neville. I was like, that's Neville. I was like, oh my yes. god. Yes. 
Amazing. He is a great heel. Let me tell you. He, I like his attitude. Again, it's uh, it's edgy. He he's kind of he was kind of still being himself, like he was on Two Hundred Five Live and on Raw. But that's another great thing is that AEW allows these guys to be themselves. Yeah. All right. I'll go through a little bit here. Actually, I don't think you know too much about the women's division, but I'll ask you a few things. Your favorite favorite singles guy in AEW. Singles guy? Singles guy. Favorite one. Oh, man. I got to say... I got to say my boy Jericho. Jericho. Okay. Favorite tag team right now? Right now? The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. Oh, my God. Those guys are incredible. Okay. They remind me of a young... Like, the Hardys. That's... The, ha- the Hardys and the, rock- and the Rockers, right? Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> okay. And uh, match you're looking forward to at all? Uh, I'm sorry. Full gear the most? I got to say oh, the... Mo- Moxley and Omega? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, moving on to that, I guess we should go on to the competitor of AEW, which would be NXT. Okay. So, uh, last week, Finn Balor turned heel from out of nowhere. And the crowd was just stunned. It stunned. I, I haven't been caught up with NXT. And what I saw tonight when they were showing what happened last week with Finn Balor, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. I was like... What the? What are they doing? He recently did a did a interview, I think, with Sports Illustrated. They did, yeah. And I believe they played his music after the initial turn on Johnny Gargano, and they asked why was that? Because uh, Balor said that they were expecting to get booze and a negative reaction. They weren't expecting to get the pure shock that they got from the crowd, which is almost better having just pure shock rather than just heel heat so Vin Balor tonight cut this short to the sweet but excellent promo he comes out to the ring the crowd cheers because I mean it's Finn Balor when Mm -hmm. he showed up in NXT people went nuts and I thought that is great I love that if you're not going to use guys from the main roster right now who aren't doing too much and you want to put them in NXT go do that do it because there are plenty of people who may know who Finn Balor is, but never saw his NXT work. And it's not like it's a cheap shot to like their, you know, what they do in the WWE in the main roster. Mm-hmm. They, they, he's probably enjoying himself being back. Look, he's probably enjoying himself immensely more than he's been in the main roster for the past three or four years. I'm sure there are people on the main roster who are just begging to get back down to NXT. Oh, probably guys like Luke Harper. Oh, yeah. Guys like Luke Harper. Guys like you know maybe Kevin Owens or Cesaro. Like, they would just thrive in NXT. But anyway, Balor comes out to the ring. And, you know, his usual hand motion. Everyone's like, with a, and everyone does the thing with him. Of course. They changed that this time. Once he did that, the lights went as if they were going to do that, along with the crowd with him moving his arms. The lights go dark to spotlight, and he does the, the double gun thing, like he did in New Japan's Prince Devitt. <laughs> And like he did to Johnny Gargano last week. Oh, man. He comes into the ring and says that everyone was happy to see, I'm paraphrasing here. See Finn Balor back. A few months ago, I had to lay down for the, for someone who was supposedly the hottest thing in the business. All because he put on a new mask. Well, I'm Finn, well Finn Balor took off his mask and now I'm the hottest thing in the business. <laughs> He says there are seen to be a lot of internet trolls, Twitter warriors, who are I've been hearing a lot lately, and a lot of the boys in the back 
seem to be acting more like fans than wrestlers, and they should be out here rather than they are back there. And that leads me to you, Johnny Gargano. I'm glad you made it to the hospital, but once you come back, you won't be known as Johnny Wrestling anymore. You'll just, you'll be out here in the crowd where you belong. So he's downplaying someone like Johnny Gargano. Someone like Johnny Gargano who has... Amazing. Who arguably has been the best wrestler in NXT. Absolutely. And one of the best wrestlers in the world today. His program with Tommaso Ciampa, I think Sean and I have talked that program to death. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it to death of how much we love that. But the turn itself was just so shocking. It was so shocking to see something like that. Because Roderick Strong had just defended the North American title against Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. At the Undisputed Era, come out to celebrate. Here comes Tommaso Ciampa. Here comes Johnny Gargano. Here comes Finn Balor. And you're thinking, this could be a setup for war games. Out of nowhere, the Pele kick comes. And before Tommaso Ciampa could even realize what just happened, the Undisputed Era just go in like a pack of wolves and beat the ever-living dog shit out of Tommaso Ciampa. And Balor's just beating the crap out of Johnny Gargano, Johnny while, Gargano this is all, yeah. while all of this is happening. So, I don't know if you've ever seen anything Finn Balor did in New Japan as Prince Devitt. No. He was the original leader of the Bullet Club. He formed Bullet Club. And oh, that's his thing. That was his thing back, back in New Japan. Oh, wow. He was Prince Devitt before he came to the WWE in NXT. So now, we've never got to see a heel Finn Balor in the WWE. No. We've only ever seen a baby face. Which he plays really well. Yes, he does. But he also plays a tremendous heel. As have we as we've seen, yeah, he does. I can't wait for this turn to be like occurring. It's clear that they're going to be leading to a match between Gargano and Finn Balor, most likely at NXT Takeover War Games yeah. in November, sometime in November. I mean, for me, I couldn't think of a better better opponent for Finn Balor. He's perfect. Because at first they tried to swerve you when he showed up at NXT, he he went right up to Adam Cole and said that Finn Balor is now NXT and he's back. Thinking, oh, Balor wants the championship. And then Tommaso Ciampa comes back. Oh, well, obviously Ciampa wants the championship back. He never lost the title. He just had, uh, he had major neck surgery coming back. I always felt like Ciampa and ba uh, Cole was the natural way to go. I should see that. Um... Cole's a great heel. Cole is great, I mean, but the Undisputed Era is just so cool that they they're just they're they're cool heels. You yeah, know, they are. You know what I mean? Even though they may people may cheer for them when they come out, but they still uh, get real heat. Yeah. What, what do you think? How far do you think this heel turn goes for Finn Balor? From how what you told me and from what I've seen. If it goes well, because you've seen heel turns before from people who are obviously faces, that go south and it's just really bad. Like the Ambrose heel turn. Yeah, like that was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. If Finn executes this role well, it could be a long time. I mean, I have no doubt that he'll execute it well, especially since he's in NXT. And yeah. Especially since Triple H kind of give, he lets the wrestlers be wrestlers. And kind of just be themselves. And be of like, course. And just be like, hey, you're good. Just do what you want, you know? And 
that's been the great thing about NXT is that guys and girls can be themselves. It's not a circus. It's exactly what it is. It's People are no longer trying to get called up to the main roster. People from the main roster are trying to get down to NXT. <laughs> or no longer down. They're going to get up to NXT yeah. because NXT is the better brand. It's probably beating... The ratings are probably beating the Raw and SmackDown. Well, well, well no. Uh, the ratings for Raw and SmackDown are still more only because Raw and SmackDown... Remember, the WWE is still the biggest brand named wrestling to date, yeah. to date wrestling company in the world. Casual fan, again, it's hard to believe, but there are some fans who just don't watch NXT. They don't watch AEW. They only watch Raw and or SmackDown. Hmm. That's the only thing. It's just, that's just how they are. They just kind of stick to one thing. Maybe they're just like, "Well, I don't want to watch all of this. I just want to watch this." My question to that is, why do you want to watch such such terrible TV programming with, Ron, bad. with Ron SmackDown? What happened? I don't know. Because you have a clear alternative, which is under the same umbrella. It is. As, with NXT. And you have a lot of great guys and girls down there. You have the Undisputed Era. You have Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. You have guys like Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. The women's division. The women's division is great, too. Candice LeRae, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai. The list goes on and on. But, unfortunately for NXT, AEW has been beating them in the ratings lately. Now, I think they've been doing a great job to try and entice you to watch. The first week when they had Cole and Riddle go like half an hour, no commercial interruptions, to really try and go up against AEW's first live TV show. I thought that was very smart. Excuse me. And when Joe and I discussed it on this podcast, uh, we both agreed that that was probably the best thing, as far as match quality, was the best thing that week overall. I think AEW has been winning lately, but with with this Balor heel turn, this is this, this could be their break. This, this could be their ace in the hole that could yeah. really, really help try and entice people to watch NXT more. Because that was the one thing in NXT where it was just like, if there's anything I could see from NXT tonight. While trying to watch AEW too, I want to hear what Balor has to say. I want to hear what Finn Balor has to say. And they're probably going to save his first big singles match until TakeOver. That's that's fair. I can probably see that. I don't know how long feasibly they can really do that. No, they probably could. I mean, it's. I mean, as of this recording, as of this Friday, it'll be November. Yeah, it will. Uh, and and Takeover War Games will be sometime middle of November for Survivor Series that weekend. Um, so I mean, if I'm looking at the card right now, you'd probably think Champa and Cole for the NXT title, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gargano and Balor. Yes, definitely. Uh, Undisputed Era, not uh, Fish and O'Reilly. I'm not sure who they would defend the tag titles against. Shayna Baszler. I'm not exactly sure who she would defend the women's title against, and I'm not exactly sure. What the War Games match would entail to be. Um, I don't know how much NXT you've watched lately, but is there any, similar to AEW, is there anybody from NXT you've noticed who's new that kind of caught your eye that you're interested in, that you want to um, see more of? As of right now, I really just want to see uh, this Finn Balor thing. Because okay. I haven't been really paying attention to the WWE in general. Just because of how bad it is. I kind of fell off. AEW, I wanted to get into. I've been busy. I finally got into it. I feel like I, I'm going to watch that regularly. Mm-hmm. With NXT, with this whole Finn Balor thing, I think that might bring my attention back to NXT. 
that's the beauty. With, the thing with NXT, though, is that, you see, I don't watch it live because I'm watching AEW. Yeah. But they do have it available on the network, like, the next day. So you can watch it. Okay. Kind of a bad business decision on WWE's part. But they realize that fans are probably going to watch AEW more. And fans who watch NXT are going to watch AEW. So you obviously want to have it there for them. Yeah. And to keep the fans happy overall. I think overall this whole big thing is that, the fan, that we the fans, we win with this. When it comes to AEW and NXT. Because we have a lot of guys and girls who can go wherever they want to work. You have people in the WWE who can use AEW as a bargaining chip to be like, if you don't want me to sign with AEW, you know, give me the money that I'm asking for. You know, a guy like Randy Orton who's been teasing about going to AEW. Yeah, and I think that would... We I'm, talk- so, I'm sorry to say, but his he's different now, Orton. Yeah, I think that... um. His contract does expire sometime next year. Sean and I were talking about this last week because he teased about an AEW move on his Instagram. He was at a hotel where it said Elite Level or Elite Elevator, and he tagged The Revival. Excuse me. Luke Harper, Elias, Cody Rhodes, and Chris Jericho in the post. The Revival have been very open about how they want to leave the WWE. Luke Harper has been openly trying to get fired these past number of months because he wants to leave the WWE. Oh, my God. Now, you may not be aware of this, but Vince McMahon holds a serious grudge against Luke Harper because he he wasn't able to do a Southern accent during the Wyatt family days. (laughs) Yes, that is completely... What? What? Yes, that is true. (laughs) Is that really true? Yes, it's one of the weird quirks of Vince McMahon. Another another weird thing about Vince is that Remember T.J. Perkins or T.J.P.? I do. I remember T.J. Perkins. His original name was T.J. Perkins, but they changed it to T.J.P. Because apparently Vince McMahon hates the restaurant chain known as Perkins. Oh, So man. we had him change it to T.J.P. That's just rich people like problems. <laughs> <laughs> he can do what he wants. He's the boss. Uh, yeah, but it's like quirks like that. And yeah. what I don't understand. He's a big fan of Chad Gable. Oh, no, wait. He's not Chad Gable anymore. He's shorty freaking G. I don't know. I, I couldn't mean, tell you. <laughs> oh I guess we're kind of transitioning into the main roster WWE portion of things now, but real quickly to, to tie up with AEW and NXT. Um, what would you say is something that AEW, I'm sorry, NXT has to do to kind of step up their game? In comparison to AEW? Yes. That's a tough question because you know what? NXT is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. On its own, from what I've heard, from what my brother tells me, you tell me, my dad. Um, but AEW is coming up hard. It's on a slope. It's it's going up, and it's going to keep going up. Yeah. And it's been... I mean, the past four weeks have been great, and it feels like the show's been here for a while. Yeah. The company just was launched early in January, but TV didn't start until this month. Yeah. It's crazy. It's We're almost at a month now that the, the television programming has been here, and it's all been nothing short of fantastic. Um, I think once... I think if NXT is going to start bringing people from the main roster down or up, like you said, to NXT... <laughs> that's the new thing people want to go to. Like Bowler, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be their saving grace. I think it's going to have... 
high, I'm going to have high expectations for NXT if they start doing that. Who are some people that you would like to see who the main roster isn't really doing with... To bring back uh, onto NXT? Well, like I said, I have whether, s- whether they're back in NXT, if they're NXT alumni, or if they've never even been a part of NXT. Just Shinsuke. That, I literally was thinking Nakamura. Oh, my God. He would thrive in NXT. Him they and, are. Him he, and Sami Zayn. Yeah. And, absolute. Sami Zayn is a great wrestler. That is mm-hmm. so overlooked. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. You know, like, if he went back to NXT, or if you bring people like, like I said, Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Who else did you have? I thought you could, uh, earlier I mentioned Kevin Owens or Cesaro. C- oh yeah, and I love. I've always liked Cesaro. You have been a big Cesaro fan for a long great. time. Great, man. Swiss Superman, man. He's great. Yeah, always been incredibly underrated. And I know you you loved the Bar for a long time. Oh my God, they they were like your favorite tag team for a long time. I always got the spine tingles when they did the, the when they flashed the lights and they're just like yeah making that uh. That pose they make. Who's to think that a, a few that nobody wanted to see at first, they turn into a tag team and they become one of the best tag teams on the main roster. I love them. They were my favorite tag team on the main roster for a long time. Now what happened? They, dis- they dismantled them? or Yeah, after WrestleMania, uh, Sheamus, he's been dealing with an injury uh, and they kind of split him up and Cesaro went on his own ways. They figured that they didn't, I guess they figured they didn't want to have Cesaro sitting on the shelf with Sheamus because most tag teams. Put him in the next day? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, most tag teams, they kind of just be like, oh, well, your partner's hurt, so we're not just going to use you. Yeah. So, but I'm glad they didn't do that with Cesaro. They should definitely put him in NXT. I'm thinking him. I Dolph mean, Ziggler. Ziggler might be good. But, I mean, Robert Roode. Bob, Bob, he's, Robert, oh. he's, he's Robert Roode now. But, like. Did, did you do you remember his his oh work my god NXT? I remember his debut. He was, I think, maybe the best overall character NXT has ever had. It was a it had to be Bobby Roode, definitely the no, way I he got, carried the way he carried himself, the way he came down to the ring in a suit, how he wanted to get executives and these big corporate guys into NXT, making it the biggest platform ever. Didn't really get to see it up to that point, but he was treated like a huge star. Dude, rightfully so. I don't know about the best heel in NXT history. One of, but for sure the best character in NXT's history is oh, Bo- yeah. is Bobby Roode. Got all those all these guys we just mentioned can help NXT help help NXT and can benefit immensely. Like and and they don't have to be down there forever, you know. I don't see Finn Balor staying in NXT forever. Sean and I were saying sometime last week, uh, on I think on the last episode, that we both kind of speculated he'd be there till about maybe WrestleMania. Until week. WrestleMania, I like, was thinking for about too. six months, six or seven months, he'd be he'd be down there and well, actually up there. It's that's the new thing. If that's the new thing, <laughs> that's then the, let's that's go the better with thing it. up there to to NXT and to really help the brand and try and get more main uh, main roster uh, fans to watch. You know, why not get more guys like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or Nakamura? You know, um, it just shows how good Triple H is doing. Yes, and you know what? It kind of since he's in technically in the McMahon family, mm-hmm. it kind of shows you once Vince officially steps down for good. The only way he's gonna step down is if he dies. If that's the case, I think that he should leave his company to to Triple H. Well, <clears throat> from what if from what we understand will be true when he eventually goes to do the XFL, he can't do it forever. He can't do both companies. That's why the XFL failed the first time. Hmm. So I would think that 
I mean, Triple H runs NXT. Heyman is running Raw. Uh, Eric Bischoff was fired not that long ago, and now Bruce Pritchard is running SmackDown. But from what I understand, Eric Bischoff wasn't really doing much of SmackDown anyway. No, I ha- you you don't even see him much. No, it's not even behind the scenes guy. Well, that's the thing. They Heyman, even though he was on screen for Brock, as far as writing the shows, Heyman was there every single week and he was running the show. Bischoff was hardly running the show. Pretty much Bruce Pritchard was running the show and now Bischoff, like, you know, just got canned. I kind of feel bad for Bischoff, though, because he moved his entire family from, like, I think, like, Washington State all the way to Connecticut. To do this. To do this. And he was fine. Oh, yeah, which is kind of shitty. But but anyway, um, I guess we should kind of move on to the main roster. Main roster? Main roster portion of things. We've been talking about NXT and AEW for a little while now. (sighs) Don't mean to end things on, well, not ending, but, you know, continue with, like, kind of a downer. It needs to be talked about, though. I know it does. I know it does. I, I've said because th- I CJ, I haven't watched an episode of Raw or SmackDown, and probably like seriously, like continuously, in like eight months. I don't blame you. It's been I can't stand it. It's I, so bad. I do not blame you. Honestly, if I didn't have this podcast with Sean, then I probably would only be watching NXT and AEW. For you, you can do that. You can just watch NXT and AEW. I might start doing that. You can just watch that, and you can be a happy wrestling fan. And Sean laughed at me last week. He's like, huh, happy wrestling fan. I'm like, yeah, man, well... It's the truth. It's the truth. I mean, when I'm watching ridiculous things with Bray Wyatt and and Finn Balor, with I'm sorry, uh, Seth Rollins, with a character of The Fiend, which is so simple... Put Seth Rollins back in NXT. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that would be good. Look, or if he left and went into... Imagine him in AEW. Seth Rollins will never leave the WWE. But... Oh he, he'll be... he'll be He brags too much about how much he's ma- how much money he's making. <laughs> but but uh, did you hear about the th- that thing a while ago with him and Will Ospreay for New Japan? No, what happened with that? So, Rollins... At, he is the top babyface. And as someone who... Is, he def- he defends the company, and he said, you know, that the WWE is the best has the best pro wrestling on the planet, bar none. Period. And he said, like, you know, there's no one who can step up to my level. No one, no pro- no man alive. Will Osprey of New Japan Pro Wrestling, who is arguably one of, if not the best wrestler in the world, he said he quoted the tweet and said, "I'm alive," and Rollins kind of downplayed him and said, "Oh, sorry, little guy." We already got a better version of him, a better a, a version of you, and his name is Ricochet. And at the time, it was the night when he won the U.S. title from Samoa Joe at the stomping grounds. Which, not to put anything on Ricochet, Ricochet is amazing. Ricochet is amazing, and so is Will Ospreay. But... Uh, Seth Rollins was kind of downplaying, and, you know, Will Ospreay kind of said, you said any person alive... And, you know, I'm simply putting out the challenge. I'm paraphrasing a lot of these. Rollins then got into, like, you know, his bank account. So if you want to compare like that, well, we, we compare how big my bank account is compared to yours. And so you said any anyone alive today. I'm alive. I'm simply saying that I am at your level. If you want to I'm, fight, yeah. I am competing at... I'm competing at the highest level and the best and best part of my career right now. And it was, I think, Osprey didn't take it personally, and he was just kind of having, kind of, Seth was kind of having fun, but Seth was coming off as a dick in the process. 
Roman Reigns, when he was the top babyface in the WWE, he didn't come off that way. When he, even when he speaks in interviews now, Roman knows how to what to say and what not to say. Roman Reigns, uh, he very much is very respectful when he's talking about other people in the wrestling. I mean, he's a respectful man. He is. Seth Rollins has no filter. I don't know what it is about. I've said a million times on this. What it is when a top guy becomes a top guy in the company, they friggin' ruin them. It's probably a high they get. But that's like the thing. I don't ego high. I think that's more or less on Seth. That's kind of on Seth Rollins as far as the ego thing. With Roman Reigns, I don't think he necessarily had an ego. I think Roman Reigns has just been the same person. It's just for more or less the reason why we didn't like Roman Reigns for a long time was because of his booking. Yeah. Well, look and, at these other top guys who used to be the top. Look at The Rock. Look at John Cena. I mean, these guys, they're off of WWE, but they're doing really well for themselves now. They're, they're celebrities, in the sense. Well, yes, but in the sense, if you look back from John Cena when he was beca- when he was the guy, when he was Super Cena, oh, yeah. to Roman Reigns, to Seth Rollins now as the top babyface, eventually people are going to get bored with this. Oh, yeah. People are, like, like, I hated John Cena for a long time. Because, I did, too. Because of just how ridiculous. Annoying it was. Annoying that you were using him so much. Roman Reigns. I didn't like Roman Reigns' booking. And it's funny. I mentioned to Joe that it was refreshing to see John Cena on my television when he when he's not here all the time and when he feuded with Roman Reigns. And now I'm more interested in things that Roman Reigns does rather than Seth Rollins. It's just whatever it is when there's a certain guy they're pushing behind as the top guy, they get behind him, and they just kind of take away what makes the guy so great. And Seth Rollins a year ago was like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Everybody loved him. I did. A lot. I think the thing is that they need to stop being so hands-on with everything when it comes to that. Because this, this I mean, I mean Bray Wyatt wasn't even on Raw this week. He didn't even. I know he's on SmackDown now, but he didn't have a Firefly Funhouse thing. He hadn't. He didn't. He didn't have anything. And when I saw that for the first time, I couldn't. I, you should have seen the look on my face. Why it's uh, all that stupid crap with the Firefly Funhouse and all that stuff. I couldn't believe he was gone for such a long time. Why you didn't like the Firefly Funhouse vignettes? I don't really like it. Oh wow! I don't like it at all. I feel like but, they... but what do you think about the fiend though? I like that. Okay. That was cool. I don't know. That's just corny. To me, I mean, you're the first person that I've met who's not crazy about those vignettes. They're watch, funny. Watch, watch them. Watch them back, and some of them are okay. But there are some, the ones in the beginning were just really, really good. It just it goes to show like the the, the mind that Bray Wyatt has. I was listening to Edge and Christian's, well, their last episode of their podcast, because once they said Edge is retiring from the podcast, they haven't done it. Christian hasn't done anything since. So rest in peace, ENC Positive Pod of Awesomeness. My favorite podcast I would listen to every Friday. Um, Edge said that Bray is for sure like the best actor. He when, is. When it comes to wrestling. he's He has always been able to put out great characters. And him him on the mic is just... Forget it. He cuts a great promo. He great... Fucking great promo. Great promo. So, when we see this thing, I, it really goes to show that they're they're trying to get rid of this feud with Rollins and Wyatt. Hmm. 
And I don't think that we'll get into predictions for Crown Jewel in just in a few minutes, but um, it's not going to end well for the Fiend at Crown Jewel. It's just not. No. And I think another thing I just can't stand about Raw right now is the Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Lana, yeah, Cox storyline. What is going on there? So I'll explain to this to you real quickly. On the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, with the big with the big week in wrestling, when everything when all everything new was happening, new look for Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown on Fox, NXT going live two hours, AEW. Um, at the end of the night, it was Rusev versus Seth uh, for Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. It was originally supposed to be Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship, but Brock Lesnar beat up him and Dominic. It's kind of like, all right, well, you advertise this big match, and that could have brought in a lot of casual fans back because people loved Rey Mysterio at one point. Yeah. All right. But so Bobby Lashley comes out. Lana comes out. Lana makes out with Rusev. Rusev just stands there confused and maybe aroused. Um, <laughs> uh, and then they're just Lana just proceeds to tongue Bobby Lashley, and then the Fiend attacks Seth Rollins, and that was before uh, Hell in a Cell, I believe. And it just made no sense. What? And yeah. they and the whole segment, main event segment that was built around Raw this past Monday was divorce court with Jerry the King Lawler. When that like th- apparently the viewership oh, dropped four hundred thousand people this past Monday. If I'm if I understand correctly. It's like the third or second lowest non holiday rating for raw like it's one of the worst ratings they've had in years and i mean what do you expect when you're built when that's your main event segment because apparently the thing is is that lana says that rusev is a sex addict and that he wants all the sex all the time and that's why she left him for bobby lashley well it kind of seems like at the beginning, Rusev wasn't good at sex, so you left him for Bobby Lashley because Bobby Lashley seemed to be better at it. I don't know. This whole Rusev thing is just, it's awful. If there's anything worse than what's going on with Rollins and Wyatt, it's this. That's bad. Wow. I I, I know, and I'm you're not really, <laughs> and, and you're not really, you're probably shocked to hear all these things. That is, that's bad. Like, I thought I left at a bad time. Oh man, it's it's This is just worse. It is. There are very, very little tiny gems when it comes to the main roster product. Becky Lynch is one of them. Uh what ba- makes ba- it worse? Ba- Bailey's heel turn was one of them. Go ahead. What makes it worse too is just wasted talent and potential. Yes. Bobby Lashley's a monster. Bobby Lashley can if booked right, Bobby Lashley can be done can you be rude very well. It's so same with Bray Wyatt, the same with I mean obviously Seth Rollins and Mm-hmm. I mean, what are they doing? I don't know, to be honest. I wish I could tell you. They're just dismantling these people's talent. Honestly. I mean, the one constant thing that, uh, again, uh, Becky Lynch has always been very constantly entertaining, and she's... Oh, I love her, yeah. Becky has been just one of the few things about Raw that I enjoy watching. Um, that and uh, Aleister Black. I think Becky is my favorite female wrestler of all time. Hey, that's a fair assessment. I like her a lot. Becky's great. Um, I'm the one thing that I don't get is like Paul Heyman has all this talent to work with. Yeah. If you look at the amount of talent that Paul Heyman has on Raw, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, 
Aleister Black, Andrade, Andrade, oh, Buddy Murphy, AJ Styles in the whole OC, Randy Orton. Uh, you've got a plethora of talent. Of amazing talent. On Raw. I mean, oh my God. I mean, the people you just mentioned are like... They're some of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Aleister Black. I Holy. Love, I love oh, Aleister oh Black. Oh my God. I hope they... What I want to see is I want to see them build Aleister Black and Randy Orton at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. I'd like that. That'd be cool. I want to see Randy take the title off of Seth Rollins, and I want to see Black win the title. I want to see Black win the Royal Rumble, and I want to see him beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania next year for the Universal Championship. Because Aleister Black has money written all over him. Yeah. He's, he's one. Cool. Of, he is one of the most unique guys on the entire roster. He's just a badass-looking guy, too. He is. Honestly. Uh, speaking of badass-looking guys... Even though they don't really be perceived as badasses in the WWE, uh, Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez. I don't know, man. I mean, you, you you're aware of Kane coming in, right? I am. How do you how do you feel about that? I don't know, honestly. I mean, how am I how how should I honestly how should I feel? Me, I, just, I, I I don't really care that much. I mean, I've I've not I'm not I've a big never really cared about Lesnar that much. I'm not a big MMA fan. Um, I've, Ooh, I like it. I, I've watched some. I, I'm not saying that I'm not a fan. I just don't watch it as other people do. I've seen a good number of, of, of fights. And they're and good fights. Yeah. One of the first. I saw a really great fight between Junior Dos Santos and Mark Hunt. No, that's not a curse word. That's his actual name. Uh, <laughs> and Junior Dos Santos won with a spinning heel kick. Knocking out. I saw that. That was a. And then, and then Cain Velasquez at the time was the UFC heavyweight champion, and I he faced a guy named uh, I can't remember the name of his actual name, but his 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 name was Bigfoot. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. That's yeah, yeah. Cain messed this dude up in like 30 seconds. 30 seconds, TKO. I'm like, damn. And in his time, Cain Velasquez was a beast, man. He's a monster, and he decimated Brock Lesnar in his in like when he beat Lesnar for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. When, But Cain Velasquez has gotten recently into pro wrestling, mm. and from what I see, he did he had a AAA show, which AAA is a partner of AEW. Okay. Um, And he did a lot of great, like, Lucha Libre stuff. Yeah. But when he did, like, you know, big ground and pound stuff on Shelton Benjamin on Raw last, last week, oh, man, it did not look good. It didn't look good, huh? It didn't look good, and... I don't know, man. I, I I just I get having to do this on the on Crown Jewel. Yeah. But um, I'm not looking forward to this. I mean, these MMA guys. I mean, there's there's another one, correct? Or a boxer who's up against um. Braun Tyson. Braun Tyson Fury. He's a big man. <laughs> I mean, talk about Tyson Fury or Braun Strowman. I mean, both. Well, they are big guys, but I'm just like again, you're bringing in it's the, the same thing, celebrity thing. I feel like the only celebrity that they could get away with bringing in is Conor McGregor because of the way he carries himself, McGregor. He's a real yeah. deal. I mean, McGregor and, and Ronda, because the thing is, like, you have to, like, really love pro wrestling. And I'd say that Kane doesn't love pro wrestling because I, from from what I've heard, he did really great in AAA. Okay. Um, and I think Kane Velasquez can bring that name value and bring some viewers into the product. It's just... I don't know. Him coming into the championship picture right away is not that great, you know. I understand he's a big name and he and you want to like get big matches and all that, 
but I don't think the match between Lesnar and Kane is going to be done very well. Uh, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, uh, I'm, I'm worried about that. Uh, I feel like they're just feeding, you know, Braun to Tyson Fury. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long Tyson Fury's thing is, but he has a shirt on WBShop.com. I thought it was just going to be a one-off. He's got a shirt already. Yeah. I, I didn't think he's going to be, like, here long. I thought he was just going to have a one-off, like like Mayweather did with Big Show years ago. I remember that. That was cool. So. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. So. And, I feel and, like that's and, the thing they're going with, and I think it's failing. They're trying to go with, remember the old days? Yeah. Like, hey, oh. hey, look, here's here's Hulk Hogan. Here's Ric Flair. We got The Rock on for SmackDown for one night. Hey, please, please keep watching. Even our days. Like, remember when uh, Edge and, uh, oh, what's her name escapes me? His girlfriend. Remember when they Lita. did it in the Remember when they did it in the ring? I mean, that, you look back at that now, that's kind of awkward of course, but we were like, oh my god, look at that. Well, we were going through puberty at the time. Of course, but like, that's what they're trying to force. They're like, oh, what if we go back to the old days? And what, Are you referring to like the Rusev Lana? Story? Yeah, I, like something mm, like that. Like, that. that's just shock value for the sake of shock value. Like, 90s Jerry Springer storylines. And those can be done well, but this is not being done well. It's not. Right. We live in a different time, I mean... I know. Well, we've been doing this for about an hour now, so why don't we wrap up with the uh, crown jewel predictions? You had them on your uh, on your phone. On my there, phone here. Let me get your them cellular up. device. So these are going to be our predictions. Uh, I guess it's safe to say that you can be picking Sean's predictions <laughs> since you're kind of in his place. <laughs> oh, I hear that. Okay. Just read this. For uh, a second. Okay. <laughs> all right then. All right, all right then. <laughs> well, you just you just uh, tell them that we'll be at we'll be finishing up pretty soon. Brought to you by uh... Bra- brought to you by Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to add my little thing in here. I okay. feel like we've been talking serious, but okay. let's get back to uh, Crown Jewel. Let's all right, go, here's uh, the Wikipedia page. Okay, so why don't we go through this? Uh, the pre-show, which is a uh, 20-man battle royal to determine who will face AJ Styles for the United States Championship later on. We have uh, the Singh brothers, Mojo Rawley, Eric Groen, R-True, Singh Cara, the Brian Kendrick, Titus O'Neil, Tony Nisa, Kirtazawa, Shelton Benjamin, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Andrade, Drake Maverick, Eric Young, Luke Harper, Cedric Alexander, Heath Slater, Humberto Carrillo, and No Way Jose. Foz, who do you have and why? Let me see. And this is, the winner will... We'll face AJ later on for the U.S. title. Okay. Oh, shit. It's your, your, your kind of, your drawer handle oh, kind of fell off there. Um, Literally anybody will suffice. I want to say Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. Yeah. Okay, that's not a bad choice. I feel like they keep trying to push him, and it doesn't work, and maybe maybe this time it might he, carry he, on. He's a, he's a guy who you can always count to have a good match. Um... My heart, I would love it to be Buddy Murphy, but okay. I but I don't want it to be in a Saudi show. So I'm gonna go with Humberto Carrillo. He's kinda already involved in a storyline with AJ. Uh so they can like do proper matches as time goes on. Uh next we'll go with the AJ Styles defending the US championship against the Battle Royal winner. Now who do you have? Uh it's a pretty easy one. Probably AJ, right? Yeah, yeah AJ. Definitely AJ. <laughs> Uh, I, I do think whoever AJ will face, they'll continue feuding. But after after this match, they're just gonna you know go on with that. Uh, it was breaking news today that the Saudi that Saudi Arabia for the first time ever is going to have a women's match, Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Now I don't know why they're having these two have a match when they kind of settled their differences, mm. but whatever. 
Uh, Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Who do you have and why? Um, Natalia. Oh, she she just. I just feel like she. I just feel like it's her. Okay, I'm gonna go with Lacey Evans because uh, I think they're in line for to give her like a big push. Big push. Um, See, I was gonna say Lacey Evans because of that, but I don't know. I think they kind of wanted to be big, big deal on SmackDown. You could easily go with Natalia and have like a baby face feel for the show. Yeah, but, but who knows? Anyway, um, Mansoor versus Cesaro. Um, now, just so you know, Mansoor is a Saudi Arabian wrestler. He's from Saudi Arabia, so probably him. Yeah, because <laughs> because of that reason. Because of that reason. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I would love for Cesaro to win. Yes, but I'm Cesaro. gonna I'm gonna go with Mansoor. Oh, definitely. We're both no. with Mansoor. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, um, let's see here. I mean, good the, for Mansoor, though. I mean, best of luck. Man, yeah, best of luck. Uh, the largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world. No, I'm not making that up. That was literally the original name for this thing. We have what? the new. We have the new day of Biggie and Kofi Kingston versus the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, versus Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker. Versus Lucha House Party, Lince Dorado, Grand Mental League, and or Kalisto. Uh, versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Versus The Revival, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Versus The O.C., Gallows and Anderson. Versus Rudolph, The Impromptu Tag Team, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. <laughs> versus uh, the B-Team of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. This is pretty much like the World Cup they did last year with okay. Shane winning, uh, just with a tag team. This is a cool match. It can be. It could be fun. But who do you think is going to win? Okay, so whoever wins this will win the. It's a world. It's it's. it's or is a, it just? It's a World Cup thing. I don't know if they're really going to do anything with this. These Saudi Arabian shows, just so you know, aren't necessarily canon to the TV product. I would like. Personally, I would like Heavy Machinery to win. I like Otis. Oh, uh, who doesn't? He's love, the man. Who doesn't love Otis? But I think. Probably, probably the champs. Well, which ones? The, the, the Viking Raiders the, or, or the Revival? The, the Revival. Revival? Probably. I'm going to go with the Viking Raiders because they've yet to be defeated. Have they? Yeah, they've okay. yet to be defeated on Ross, and they just won the tag team title, so just keep that momentum going. But the Revival's not a bad pick, though. Let's see what else we have here. Um, let's go with our one of two celebrity matches. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Who do you have and why? Um... You said Ron and Tyson. Ron and Tyson Fury, yes. I'm going to say Tyson Fury. I agree. I'm going to go with Tyson Fury uh, because... They haven't been giving Braun. They really don't do much of Braun. And it's sad. And he was like white hot like a year ago, two years it's ago. It's wasted. Another thing that's wasted. I'm, I I think it's... I don't, I don't know which one is going to be worse and or better. This or Kane versus Brock. But um, that might be more interesting because Brock has this thing I've noticed about him. He gets a little carried away in the ring. He does. So that could end either or. I'm I'm not gonna pick one for Brock and. We'll we'll get to Kane and Brock in just a second. Sure. Um, Seth Rollins defending the Universal Championship against the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Falls Count Anywhere match where the match cannot be stopped for any reason. So literally, one of the competitors has to die. <laughs> You're gonna bring um, him to Matt Hardy's house and throw him in a lake. Um, <laughs> Bray Wyatt will go back to cult leader Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm just uh, who? I'll go first this time. Uh, I'm going with Seth Rollins because I just don't see them 
I don't either. I, I was gonna go I, I don't see them putting the title against on the fiend here. He's just gonna he's gonna retain. Um, oh. Well, can you ever tell who's uh, calling us at the moment or nah. calling you to call you back? Kind of have to. You don't have my thumbprint. I don't have your thumbprint. You have your thumbprint. <laughs> there you go. We're using Fozzie's phone to look at the matches of the card here. So we both say Seth Rollins. Absolutely, yeah. He's okay. gonna retain. Yeah, Seth Rollins to retain here. Uh, and what else are we missing? We went through this. We went through this. Uh, next, we will go with uh, the 10-man tag team match. Team Hogan, which consists of Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G. Yes, that is Chad Gable's actual new name now. <laughs> Ali with Hulk Hogan at ringside versus Team Flair with Randy Orton, King King Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre with Ric Flair at ringside. Who do you have and why? This, again, should be another easy one. The Team Hogan? Yes. Hogan's like the biggest baby face over there. Oh, yeah. If they could have Hogan and Flair wrestle, they would. Oh, my God. I'm but so I would like that. I'd like that more than that match in itself. I think it would just be funny <laughs> to just, just to see what they would do. But, yeah, it's, it's just, just Team Hogan. No, definitely. And finally, which would most likely be the main event of the show, Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Cain Velasquez. And who do you have in wife? I'm going to pick Lesnar for this, but I really think this match is going to get carried away because of the way Brock is. He's, he gets carried away when it comes to wrestling sometimes. I'm gonna also going to go with Lesnar. Again, I don't see them doing a big title change here with... Uh, with uh, I don't see them putting the title on Kane right away. No. Um, I also read that Kane might... Uh, I think he needs like uh, like knee surgery or something. Yeah, then he... So I've read reports about that, and apparently plans are that maybe they're going to have him team with Mysterio and House Show Loops. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Brock Lesnar here. I think Tyson Fury is going to be the celebrity guy who's going to be that big win. But Kane, I don't uh, – Kane Velasquez, I don't see it. No. Um, I don't know. This, this is just – this is not going to be fun to watch. And I'm not no. – I'm going to be at work, so I'm not going to be watching it. I don't know about you. I'm definitely not watching <laughs> Watch what re, Watch what he missed of NXT. Yeah, that's in, probably in, what I'm going to watch. <laughs> Anyway, we've been on this for a while, man. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Nine of the Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Foz, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Of, of course. Uh, it, it's been a while since we've seen each other, so I'm happy we could do this, happy you could be on. Yeah. Um, be sure to uh, follow us on Facebook at the Not Another Wrestling Pod. Uh, like, follow on not, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The not, all three, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, uh, and wherever else you can probably find a podcast. There are a few others that I'm blanking on right now. Um, you know, uh, not really sure what else I can think of at the moment. But, uh, Boz, is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you want to? I'm just happy to be on the show. I would love to come back, definitely talk with you and Sean. Okay. Definitely with Sean. <laughs> I know. I know you're really hoping Sean could be I, here. I miss Sean a lot. I know. I miss Sean, too. Even though I saw him Sunday, I miss him. <laughs> he misses you, too. Anyway, folks, thank you very much for listening. For uh, myself, CJ Palmasano, and Nick Fazirizano, we'll see you next time.